Hello and welcome to everyone out there. Uh, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio and shortwave. And if you're out there listening on the International Shortwave Station, WBCQ on 7490, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where in the world you are and how you're hearing the station. The station's broadcasting right on the border of uh, Canada and Maine up there. Border of, uh, yeah, border of Canada and Maine, right up in the northeast there. We're not a high-power station. I think we're probably only running about 50,000 watts. Uh, but uh, there, are, there is plans to try to update that to about 100,000 watts here uh, pretty soon. Hey, we're gonna get we uh, let, let me uh, let me get uh, all the house cleaning done first, and then I'll introduce you to uh, everybody's with us tonight. Uh, first of all, if you will, and I've been told this doesn't work unless you're on YouTube, but if you're on our page, uh, if you will, let's try this. Hit the uh, subscribe button. We'd love for you to hit that subscribe button. I'm making it easy for you. It's down here somewhere around that arrow. Hit that subscribe button. That helps us helps uh, uh, YouTube to. Advertise our show when people are searching for things like ham radio and electronics and so forth. So uh, please do that. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you will, uh, join our Facebook group. We've got a great Facebook group uh, of over 13,000 members in that Facebook group, all shortwave enthusiasts and uh, ham radio uh, operators. So uh, that's just uh, this search for W5KUB uh, in Facebook, and we'll, uh, we'll set you up. Be a member of that instantly there. Um, uh, again, I've already mentioned WBCQ. Well, look at that snow. That's probably what it looks like up there right now. I don't know. But uh, we're on WBCQ on Thursday. So if you're listening to the show right now, you're, it's Thursday for you between 5 and 7 p.m. Uh, on Thursday. And uh, if you would like to join our show uh, on, uh, you know, our video show here on YouTube, just, just go to W5KUB.com on, on, um, Tuesdays, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and you can join us here, and we've got a chat room where you can, you can actually, uh, chat with us, uh, real time, and everybody else, uh, around the world is tuned in. We, uh, we also are on every podcast out there, uh, man, this, this thing hadn't been updated in a long time, but iTunes, iNet Radio, uh, you know, Google Play, all the uh, all the uh, podcast carriers out there carry our show uh, weekly. So, uh, you know, if you're at work or driving in your car, you can you can listen to the show anytime, uh, anytime you want to. There. So let's see. I think that's uh, about all the announcements I had. We're going to have a, a, a good show tonight. We had uh, we had uh, you guys, all you old geezers out there, kind of like me. We, uh, we had you send in pictures of your ham shack, and Katie is going to try to talk about some of your pictures. And, boy, I hope you left some descriptions, because if you didn't, uh, we're going to make up stuff. I don't know. We're, we're going to, I don't know. Somebody out there may have a kryptonite paraphrase thunderbolt grease slapper. I don't know. That's we'll, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out when we start looking at them. And then after that, and then after that, we're going to talk about this new amazing satellite uh, system that I'm I'm using here, and we're going to show it to you. And we got the we got the the big guys from uh, the company with us tonight, and we've also invited we've invited everybody out there, satellite enthusiasts and people that have one of these sats that would like to join the show and talk about it. I'll be posting in the chat room 
I'll be posting the Zoom link if you want to join us on Zoom and be part of the show. Or uh, I'll be posting a telephone number that you can call into. And uh, we've got phone numbers in 65 countries. So if you're outside the U.S., you should be able to still call us. So I'll be posting that in the chat room here pretty soon when we start talking about the SAT uh, satellite system. So uh, watch for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Oh, well, somebody in the Philippines right now in the chat room. DW1VVZ Philippines. Hello. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. All right. So, hey, Glenn. Glenn's going to get demerits. He's not here tonight. He sent me a note and said he couldn't make it. So, hey, let's go. Uh, let's go. Look, Katie is here, though. She didn't She she didn't want to let anybody down. Katie is here. Hey, Katie, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Tom. Hi, everybody. Doing well. Good to be here tonight. And hopefully, I seem to be having some computer issues, so if I suddenly crash, I will be back. But looking forward to hearing about um, these guys listening to Keith and Mike talk tonight, and then to look at some of you old geezer shacks, so it should be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hate to say this, but most of the old geezer shacks are in black and white, and some of the pictures are just really bad. You would think they were nearly 100 years ago. I mean, they're faded and... <laughs> They look bad, uh, uh, although, I don't know how he did it. There's one of them. It looks like an advertisement. It's it's nice color. Oh, man, we'll talk about that in a minute. I don't know how he got such a good color picture in 1964. Oh, anyway, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, let's just, real quick, let's just uh, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, introduce our other two guests with us tonight from, um, from uh, CSN. Yeah, CSNTechnologies.net. Uh, come on in here. Hey, Mike, uh, how you doing? Come in here and say hello. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, Tom, thanks for having us on the show. We uh, really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to answering any, any questions uh, that you or the viewers uh, may have. So hopefully uh, we get a lot of people. Thank you. Well, that's great. We're glad to have you. And that's going to be an exciting part of the show, too. And uh, Keith? Uh, EC2MI uh, is with us. And Mike's call, by the way, is KC2SYF. But uh, Keith, come in here and say hello. And uh, I think you're up in uh, up New England, too, aren't you? Uh, yeah, we're on Long Island. And, uh, yes, and uh, thank you for having us. My uh, call is EC2MI. And like Mike said, you know, we're here to show you the product, answer any questions. Well, well great. Thanks for having us. Great. Hey, I have one question. Uh, right off, just real quick, and we haven't even got into your segment yet, but we're, I'm going to ask the question anyway. What does what does CSN stand for? Do we know? We actually, we, we, it does not stand for anything. We actually took uh, some letters, and we put them in a hat, and we pulled Is that them right? out. And those are the three letters that came out. Oh, because man. Because we you've were got having a, a very, very hard time trying to pick a company name. <sighs> Uh, and we wanted to kind of keep it a little generic, so that's basically how it came about. Well, you got to be kidding me, but okay, I'll accept that. I, I mean, we could argue it all all <laughs> night, I guess. But listen, you know, CSN, uh, I don't know if you guys know or not, but CSN also stands for Crosby, Seals, and Nash. It does, yes, it does. Do you know I that? And that, David, yeah. David Crosby died this past week. He was 81 yep. with uh, uh, Crosby, Seals, and Nash. So, uh I thought I would just, you know, bring the two uh, CSNs together there and 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 yeah, absolutely, and, and may he rest it. in peace. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. 
All right. All right. Well, hey, Katie, are you ready to, to do it to it? Yeah, let's give it a whirl here. I'll probably turn off my camera so you can pull okay. up the pictures for everyone to see. And uh, since I seem to be having a few computer issues, that will allow yeah. me to. So if I can see what you're doing, then I can uh, look at all the info on my other screen. What does that mean? <laughs> am I, do you want me to pull them up? Yeah, because I okay. am okay. a little worried right. about my... All right, all right. I'll pull, I'll pull them up. I'll, I'll, I'll see what you got, and then I'll see. Yeah, what I'll, pull them up. Uh, I'll pull them up. I'll pull them up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can do that. I, I should be able to figure that out. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I'll figure it out here in a minute. I, I uh, let's see. Uh, all I got to do is get all these cameras turned off and uh, get to just one kind of thing here. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. I've got to kind of make some adjustments here. Now, can you tell me what that All is? All right. Do you know what that is? Can you read anything? That or? is. Let's see. Well, can maybe, you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, wait, maybe this will work. Maybe maybe this will work. Uh, well, I can read it because I've got it on my screen here. Uh, uh, okay. All right. So let everybody look at the awesome shack photo. Get rid of the text part, and I'll read that. So yeah. That can well, see look. That. This that is, is a, the one. This is the one in color, man. I don't believe. Look how good that color is. Yeah, that's that's Mark. He was newly licensed as Whiskey Nine. Excuse me, Whiskey November Nine Echo Tango Whiskey, and that was his shack in his bedroom in 1963. He said he had just turned 15, and he's got a night T50, a National NC105, which he says he later pepped up with the addition of an RME. BB20 pre-selector, and then he has a 40-meter dipole hung at 35 feet or so. Um, across the room, he had a Heath kit, HW30, um, and he ha was feeding a Telrec 7-element 2-meter beam rotated by the good old Armstrong method. The Armstrong, yeah. That yeah was we very... use that for uh, field day a lot. The Armstrong, <laughs> the Armstrong rotor was very popular for uh, us novices back when we 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 had the Armstrong rotors and and also the bedroom was always where the shack was because we, right. we didn't we didn't have a house you know. Mm. Well, let's yeah. See. So he said you know he obviously like a lot of people took a break from ham radio for a while because you know girls motorcycles college all got in the way. Um, but he then um, placed his tickets and eventually got to be an extra. Um, and he did that right before the rules changed. Um, when the 20 meter, 20, 20 words per minute code was re still required. So we snuck it in there in time. All right. All right. I'll uh, figure this thing out here in a minute. We'll, we'll get there. All right. Uh, boy, I don't know what to see. Any more comments? I guess that was comments about him. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. We don't need that. Okay. All right. I about got it figured out here. What is this? Oh, I had one of those. That may have. Yeah, what? I had one of those. What is it? <laughs> it's an RME DB22 pre-selector. Wow. I don't even know what happened to mine, but there it is. Okay. I don't oh, see yes. much much else, but uh, he, he nope. had he had a pre Mark had a pre-selector. 
All right, we're going to go on through here. I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to miss some. Uh, David, yes. this, this is interesting. David here has uh, uh, some interesting stuff. Yeah, this is a great one. He's a, He was Whiskey Nine for, oh, I'm doing it again, Whiskey Nancy for Nancy Charlie Tango when he was 14, around 1968 in Athens, Alabama. And he said a, a year later, his parents drove him all the way to Birmingham for his general class exam, which was 100 miles away. And that's when he earned his Whiskey Bravo for Nancy Charlie Tango call sign. And that's what he's had ever since. So in this photo, he says he's got a war surplus receiver, an ANARR7 R45 that he borrowed from one of his Elmers. He said all of 80 meter band on one inch of dial and it weighed 40 pounds without the power supply. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Talk hey, about getting hey. your exercise, moving your rig around. So David's <laughs> David's in the chat room, and I noticed yeah. that some of the comments under there. Uh, he was proud of that lamp. That is a Roy Rogers lamp. Oh wow! Oh yeah, I can see that. Let's now. see if we That's can. Yeah, cool. that was a that was a Roy Rogers lamp. He Ooh. said he also won first place in the science fair that year with his fifty watt forty meter homebrew. Yeah, and a ten watt homebrew forty eight or eighty meter built by another one of his Elmers. Four crystals, two for 40 and two for 80. Well, we didn't That's have many right. crystals back then for sure. Let me get right. Let me it get looks him. like a giant chess piece on the side of the desk, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's the bed post. Oh, <laughs> but it looks like a giant chess yeah. piece. <laughs> I don't think you have room for a chest set that big. Yeah. 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 Uh, see, uh, there, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bed post. I'm, oh, pr okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty that sure. That makes a lot more hey, sense. Hey, David, you're in the chat room. Is that a chess piece or is that the foot of your bed right there? You just let us know what it <laughs> is right there, okay? All right. I think very the bed good. Post makes more hey, sense. I'm bad. Yeah. Hey, cool, man. Hey, I love looking at these old, old sharks. And, hey, my first two meter rig weighed, I think, 50 pounds. I mean, you know. Oh, man. oh let's see. Well, we got a QSL card there. Well, heck, let's How see. How about Lee? If you go down past that, down to Lee from three days ago, K0WA. Go where? Just keep scrolling down a little bit more. Well, I, when I scroll down, I get a oh. uh, QSL card. Oh, you don't want to be in his comments. You need oh. to just kind of back out of that a little uh, bit. Oh, back out. Yep. Okay, well, I'm having a terrible time tonight. What happens when we let you loose yeah, I'm having on a terrible, Facebook? I'm having a terrible time here. Let me see if I can't get this thing back under control here. Oh, hey, how do you like my tag there? Oh, <laughs> okay, here we are. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We're back. No squirrels. All right, here's David. There's David, aren't you? Yep. Okay, so keep scrolling down. All right. Well, do I do more comments? Nope, no? just keep going down. Keep we'll going? get Lee, who has got his own post here. Okay, okay. I'm pass go, that. I'm going to go down. Scroll in, scroll in, scroll in, scroll in. Okay, on. there we go. There, there we go. go. There's Lee. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So there's a Lee K0WA, but back in that photo, it was 1966, and he was Whiskey Alpha Zero Sierra Whiskey Charlie. And he was a whopping 16 years old, once again, in his bedroom camp shack. He had a DX40, a National NC57, BF1. BFO. He had 20 and 40 meter dipoles and an Ed Fed long time, long time on 80. He also said he did some AM phone. Yeah, that's what I'm like, long wire. Yeah, long wire. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like long time. Is that something I don't know about because it's from so long ago? 
Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. We're going to keep going. Okay. Thanks for sending that one in. What do we got here? Well, that was just a post about something. Are you sure I'm supposed to be scrolling down like this? We had a whole lot more than this. There's a good picture of Larry coming up Oh, next. yeah. There, there we go. There he is. This is uh, Larry Whiskey Alpha 4 Yankee Tango Golf in 1966. Um, he's got a, his transmitter is a DX100, a receiver NC109. And at 14 years old in 1965, he had his general class. Wow. You know, that, that picture is similar to, to my picture. It's kind of washed out. It's black and white. Yeah. And I just hope that when the guy took the picture and that, that flash went off, you know, that fire, that, you know, explosion. A splash didn't didn't light his curtain or something when he took that picture. <laughs> Let your hair on fire. That's right. That's right. All right, boy. All right, big, I don't see any more scrolling down. You, so. you don't see any more. No, we got a bunch of uh, yeah things related well, to the balloon and such. All right, well, so. well, it might had, be buried in there somewhere, but we can yeah, I think, them and do them another I night. I think they're buried in there. Uh, to tell you the truth, let me do this. There's some people. You know, people have trouble following instructions. I also posted on Ham Radio 50 years and back and told them, I said, you know, uh, post them on our group and we'll show them. But they posted them here. So, hey, we're going to go over here just real quick. Uh, let me let me find a few here, not to leave people out. All right, six meters. Who is this? Oh, wow, that's a nice I'm gonna, photo. I'm going to have to get this where I can read it. Okay, here we. This was uh, this is Wayne. Six meters was exciting in the sixties. Station was a night kit TR one hundred six and a six element high gain beam at fifty feet. W A nine U U E. And here's his uh, here's his shack right there. Got cards all over the wall. You know. I thought about. I've got I got thousand cards. I started putting my cards up in here, and Kathy told me they looked ugly on the wall, so I didn't put mine up. Uh, let's see. Well, there he is again. See, here we go. It's a little washed out here. Here's Jeff Jackson. Jeff, Jeff said, uh, well, I don't know what Jeff said. Uh, I, I, read, I read these earlier. I think he said he was 16 years older. I can't make much out of it. The picture's really washed out. Oh, look at there. You know who that is? I think that's you. That is me. That's not uh, 16 years old. Man, I was skinny back then. What happened? Uh, Who isn't at 16? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I'll just tell you what I had there. Boy, on the bottom there, I had a, a Helicrafters uh, SX140. And then I had a Knight T150 I built. Uh, there is a DX, what is it, DX20 or 40, whatever. There, That was borrowed. That was was not mine in a Heath kit. Uh, uh, VFO above it. Uh, right in the center on the top, that was a uh, ICO signal tracer, a piece of test equipment. And to the very left, that little white box behind the mic here, that was an electronic keyer, you know, that you hook your key to and it's you know, automatic dots and dashes. And uh, uh, that was built out of a, with a TV transformer. It weighed about 35 pounds. So that was a, that was a hefty keyer right there. And on the wall right there by the window, it was a little uh, 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 thing I built. I think it had a 12AU7 tube in it, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a uh, automatic antenna switch for, you know, for break-in. And, and 
In other words, you didn't have to, you know, switch a relay or a switch to uh, to change your antenna. Your antenna was always hooked to your receiver, even when you were transmitting, because it went through that uh, 12AU7 tube there. So that was me. That was me, 1964. Hey, uh, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Where is the chi pi, the pie cow? Where, <laughs> where the is the cow pie filter? The the cow pie filter. The cow pie. Filter. The cow pie uh, filter. Uh, otherwise it, known as a BS filter. <laughs> well, it's probably back behind there. I did have one of those, actually. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Uh, oh, and look, see my my desk there? This is typical back then. Now, this was in the ARR handbook, man. My desk oh. there is a door. See the little, oh, yeah. little two-by-four frame and my door for a desk right there. Oh, that was our see. first shack. Oh, look at the kitty. Um when we first got married and we were living at Devil's Tower, we had these five-gallon buckets that were stacked on top of each other with an old door on top of it. And then uh, Ward Silver and Chip Margelli came out to do November sweepstakes, and they brought their ICOM 7800 with them. And <laughs> it was like, you know, $12,000 rig sitting on an old table and five-gallon buckets in our basement. <laughs> and we came in, like, what, fifth in the nation or something. Oh, man. All right. Hey, we got uh, Dennis here, 1964. Sioux Army Depot near Sydney, Nebraska. Anybody know where that is? Uh, let's see. WA0FLA. Helicrafters uh, SX101. His daughter there uh, had the pat. Is that the mic? Uh, photo snapped by his late XYL. He was an army doctor. Okay. All right, let's come on down. John Peters. Pit, pit. No, that's not Peters. Well, maybe it is Peters. I'm not sure that was uh, for us or not. Okay, well, I think we have gone over... I think we've gone over the Shaq pictures that we had... Or check pictures. Um, let's uh, we'll uh, we'll us uh, say hey, thank you to everybody for uh, sending in your uh, your uh, pictures of your shack, uh, fifty years and older pictures. You know what we need to do is do a then and now deal. Send us one picture of then when you first got on, and a picture now, and and we'll try to do a better job in laying those out uh, for you there. All right, those were some great uh, pi- those were some great pictures. Uh- it brought back a lot of memories from uh, yeah. my childhood. I, I wasn't a ham, but my uncle was. His call was uh, W1IBX. And uh-huh. in the 70s, I used to go to uh, his house in Boston, Massachusetts. And he had uh, all that equipment that I just looked at. Uh, lots of different transmitters. He had a, a transmitter, a receiver, an amplifier, a tuner. It was about five or six things on the desk where now I have one icom radio yeah. right in front of me that has all those five or six things right built into it unbelievable yeah, but it did bring I mean, back a lot of memories those are some you great know, pictures you know and, and you know a friend of mine martin martin fg uh the founder of uh, mfj uh, he's on here with us uh, uh a lot and we talk about the old times martin goes back a few years uh further than me and we talk about the old time and you know how our radios maybe weighed 50 60 pounds and and, and I mean, you know, we didn't even have SWR meters back then. Nobody had one. And right. uh, you tune your radio up with a light bulb, and, and you know, it just 
things have changed. And I, I, I talked to Martin. I said, Martin, man, if we had had these new little sideband rigs we have now back in 1960, wouldn't that have been great? I mean, uh, and now you just turn a dial and make a contact. Back then it was work, believe me. And, hey, uh, you know, DX, DX for me might have been Nebraska. Uh, although I did work, you know, Alaska and places like that. and uh, But, uh, man, it was a lot of fun back in the olden days, and I don't know. So A few less people with some hernias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as I mentioned before, my first two-meter rig was a, uh, a tube taxi cab radio that weighed about 35, 40 pounds. And uh, I'd carry that in the house. It had two channels on it. I'd carry it in the house at night, and I'd put it in the car when I'd go to work, you know. Oh, man. Wow, things have changed, I guess, to the better. All right. Hey, I'm going to do this. Uh, let's see. Let's do this real quick. Uh, I'm going to take just a quick break. Uh, and then I'm going to put the phone numbers uh, in the chat room. I'll put them up on the screen here, and I'll put the phone numbers and Zoom link in the chat room. And uh, uh, we'd like anybody to join us that would like to join us. And we're going to be talking with, uh, with Mike and Keith here in just a moment about about sat actually i have a video i'm going to run to show you our uh initial experience with it we'll be back in just a minute everybody just stick around happy new year from icom didn't get everything on your wish list spice up your ham shack with one of icom's popular handhelds mobiles or base stations these radios are perfect for working your favorite bands while staying inside or venturing outside in the winter the IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in just over 2 pounds, with RF direct sampling for most of the HF bands and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. The ID52A is a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. It is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex, repeater, regional, and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. You can send pictures over D-Star with a connected Android device. Create your own band openings with the IC9700. This transceiver radio brings direct sampling to your UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. It has faster processors, higher gain input, and higher resolution. The IC7300 is a high-performance HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM Radio. All right, we're back, and let's see you. Let's see who joined us here. I'm not sure my uh, my my Zoom monitor is is a long. I'm gonna have to give me some binoculars. I think I'm not sure. Katie, who was that joined us? You know. There's Ronnie. Okay, he he probably clicked on a Zoom link that's uh, that I just sent out, so that's good. Yep. Uh, glad to have him there. All right, so what what I what I want to do here, fo folks, uh, we're going to do this. Uh, 
the Zoom link is going to be open right now during the video. You can join us on Zoom. I'm not going to open the phone lines until after uh, until after the video uh, because if I if we get no one to call in, we're going to have elevator music on the video, so I don't want, I want that to happen. After the video, uh, I'll open the phone lines too, and we'll uh, we'll be able to take your calls either by by telephone or or Zoom. Uh, so uh, let's see. I, I, I got to address this. W5DP8 says I've never heard the light bulb tuning method. I'm too young, I guess, but I guess how it works. Does the bulb go out when the circuit's tuned? No, actually, uh, you just take a 100-watt light bulb. In fact, I was thinking about doing that again here recently, just put it on my rig. I don't think I'll blow it up or anything. Uh, you know, our uh, our radios back in the, in the older days had uh, Pi networks, and you would, you would tune them. And uh, they, they would match pretty good, uh, just about anything. And uh, uh, we would take a 100-watt light bulb, and... Uh, We'd take a 100-watt light bulb, and we would uh, – okay, I, I'll deal with that in a minute. And we would tune up, and as you tune up, get more and more power into the light bulb, the bulb would grow brighter and brighter and brighter. And that's how we tuned up uh, back uh, many years ago, or a way of tuning up, and we also used that as a dummy load. Let's see. Somebody join us here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, join us. And we've got W and, and we got we got Bill joining us, so I'll just go ahead and approve those. All right, so uh, the video we're about to see, guys, is going to be uh, Rick Tillman, WA4NVM. Uh, Rick came over, and Rick and I played with the new SAT box that uh, that Mike sent us, and. Um, uh, we were hey, I, I've been in satellite for a while. I've been kind of inactive for a while, uh, but. What you're going to see is two guys that have never used it before to try to figure it out. And I, I will say this. I read most of the manual. We did have a few little troubles. Uh, and then when I went back and looked at the manual, it clearly told me what to do. So read that manual. And um, uh, so Rick is in here with me. and We're going to talk about this. And we're just going to go through each of the steps of the SAT. Uh, it's... It is what it is, and we probably made some mistakes, and Mike can point those out. Mike and Keith can point those out after we look at the video. So I'm going uh, to click on this video, and let's look at it real quick, and this is going to give you kind of an insight of what we're talking about tonight. All right. Hey, guys. I'm here with Rick, W84NVM. He is the satellite guru guy. He's over here to help me. Evaluate. You're Help me evaluate the uh, SAT, the SAT box here. And this box is just, uh, hey, I'm pretty impressed with it. We're going to be looking at it and talking about it. First, I'll talk a little Rick here. Uh, Rick is uh, uh, from the uh, area here. Where do you live? You, you don't live in Memphis. It is in Cordova. We call it Memphis. I, I live in Carryville, but we, we tell people Memphis. You've probably heard of Carryville. Anyway. He's a, he's a local here, and he's a big satellite guy, and uh, uh, he uh, has worked uh, all grids, I guess, in the U.S., right? Is that right, Rick? Plus a few. Okay, so, hey, how many grids are there in the U.S.? 488 grids, and he's worked all, all grids. Now, let me tell you, 
that's difficult because they're not ham radio operators in every grid, so you got to send somebody out there and then, and then hope you can make contact with them. But uh, let's uh, let's let's talk to Rick just a minute, and then we're going to get into the SAT box. All right. So hey, Rick, uh, tell me, uh, how long have you been uh, working with the satellite stuff? Late seventies. Seventies, man. Now, did you ever work the what's that? What was that bird that was out there? That way out there, man. Forty. Yeah, AL forty. Did you work that? No, I was kind of out of the loop. AL forty was up and back down. Yeah, I should say, I did work AO-10 three contacts. I found out later in my old logbook. Twice yeah. in France and once in, one in East Tennessee, which actually confirmed a grid square for me 25 years later. Oh, man. Uh, well, I, I didn't get involved, even though I've been licensed for almost 60 years. I didn't get involved in satellites until many years later. And uh, I kind of um, got out of the satellites when we moved here to this new house. And that's been nine years, but I'm starting to get back in it, and uh, Rick is here to help me. And uh, Rick, uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about uh, as far as the satellites and and what you guys are doing? Well, you know, talking about the grid squares, Damon, WA4HFN, and I locally started a little board called 5 and 55, if you work five contacts. Operators in this grid square. You, know, you get a little paper award. So that spun off and eventually became the grid master. Yeah. A few little hollow areas. You get the first draw. Uh, 4D8. So we awarded that at a set after dinner in Dayton, Ohio, in 2014. Uh, I finally, or his son got the second one, and then I snagged the third one. We got up through number 10. AMSAT contacted us about taking over the thing, which we were glad to turn over so it would rest as we were solid keys someday. And uh, it's up to number 53, I believe, now. Somebody got All right. 53rd one afforded Christmas Day last year. And, and you were number three in work all grids, I guess. Is that right? right. Yeah, get that right now. You mentioned John YSE. I, I think I heard his daughter. Is she his owned, granddaughter? Oh, is his granddaughter? And she was. She's. I, I pulled her. Uh, her name is Grace, and she's pulled her QRZ side up, uh, and looks like she's worked all grids or getting close. She's close, I think. Yeah. And her her dad, which is Doug, is, is the one number two. Yeah. Holding yeah. that award, so it's going to be a free free family affair here. So, how many people are in Memphis area that are on satellite? That comes and goes. I don't know. It's, I mean, is it a is it like a handful? Oh, yeah. Maybe ten? Yeah, is it more than that? To half a dozen and ten. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think. All right. Well, we've had a lot of fun with the satellite stuff over the years. That's how, you, of course, you know we've we met our uh, friend uh, astronaut Wheelock and. Uh, I uh, had some uh, 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 barbecue lunches with him and everything when he'd come through town, so we had a lot of fun. Hey, let's talk about this new sat box, and let's tell everybody just real quick how to set this thing up. It's fairly simple if you know all the little secrets, the ins and outs. And let me show you what the box looks like. That is the sat box right there, and uh, it's pretty small. 
You can see it's uh, fairly small. Not much to it as far as connectivity or anything. And um, it connects to your radio. Uh, it, it typically works, uh, I guess, best with the some of the ICOM radios. The uh, IC9700 here is probably one of the uh, radios it, it, it uh, hooks up to uh, nicely. And it just hooks up with a uh, uh, CIV cable right here. That's, that's all it hooks to the radio right there. And nothing hooks to the computer. Uh, no, uh, no ports to set, no ports to open. Uh, that's it. And uh, we're going to talk a little about it here. And I'm going to hand the camera here to Rick for a second and let him kind of aim. aim. Aim here. And then Rick, you can chime in and help us talk about different aspects of this thing. So, you want me by chance to point up here since we'll get a mirror image going here? A mirror image? Didn't you say if you move it here? Well, uh, well. Here, I'm getting a direct shot without the glare, maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, that may, they may not be able to see that very closely, though. Let's see. Well, move the mouse, and I'll just see if I can clear you up here. Let's see. Can you get close? Okay. So, hey, hey, this is the, uh, let's talk about how, I'll tell you what, aim, aim the camera back in this way. Let's just talk right here for a second. Let's show you how to set this thing up first. Uh, first of all, lost my phone. Where's my phone? How did I lose my phone? I've got it in my hand. <laughs> okay. Uh, my bad. Okay. Well, my bad. Took me a moment, too. <laughs> Let me start over. Maybe I should edit that out. <laughs> okay. Hey, so this sad comes basically in the box. That's it, man. That's all you get right there. But uh, uh, it, it interfaces so smoothly. And what you have to do first, you turn the box on. And the box has its own Wi-Fi access point in it, and it's going to come up with an uh, an address of like uh, like 192.168.4.1, I believe. So take your telephone or 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 PC, and you just can first of all you you look at the access points uh, in your Wi-Fi, and you select the one that says CSN. That's the people make makes this, so you'll see a little access point that says CSN on it. Select that Wi-Fi access point. And uh, you can log on to that box then by typing in on your on your phone or your laptop 192.168.4.1. Now we're probably gonna make some mistakes here because we just got this thing uh, and we'll try to correct them if we if we do. So once you log into the SAT box. Then it gives you the ability to search for uh, internet access points at your home or wherever you are, hotspots and so forth. You can select your home network, and then you can uh, um, put your password in and uh, and uh, connect to your home network. That puts your that box on your home network now. Your home network will then assign the SAT box an IP address. And let's let's look at the box here. If you look over at the box, you're going to see it's going to assign an address. Here it assigned my local address of 10.0.0.166. So um, if you go to your phone now or your laptop, 
and you key in uh, 10.0.0.166, uh, you should connect to the SAT box. I'm on in here with the PC. Uh -oh. It's my cell phone there. Well, what happened here? It, didn't, it went away. Uh, beats of me. You had it there. I have so much for mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't show the phone right now. Uh, it's on my phone, but it's being used as a recording device anyway. Uh, so uh, once you connect to the box uh, uh, by typing in the, the IP address of the box, and it has changed now because it's on a different network, uh, you type in the address. In my case, it's the 10.0.0.166. And from there, it brings up a neat little uh, 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 display here, a desktop screen or what do you call it? Dashboard. It brings up a nice dashboard screen. And Rick, you can probably yeah. get close to that one. So it brings up a very nice... Uh, dashboard here and and uh it has a lot of functions and their manual is very good about telling you how to set this up let's just go here to uh let's go to satellite let's see let's go down to um, view all i'm gonna click view all here's a list of some pretty well-known satellites you can just select the satellites that you want to work. There's the ISS, there's JO97, uh, there are others, there's RS44. You just select the satellite right there and then uh, hit uh, save and then you can hit close. So that's going to kind of give you a list of satellites that you want to work. All right, so let's look at the dashboard here. We've got a screen here that shows. Excuse me, let me see if I can get it. Let's see, we got a, we've got, let me find a satellite here. One problem with you looking at the other monitor, it doesn't show your mouse move. It doesn't show it? Oh, it didn't, does it? Okay, it didn't. Okay. Uh, okay. So, um, I'm trying to get one with has the path on here. Let's see. There it is. Oh, we're not showing the, there we go. If you notice, we've got a couple different visual things here. At the top left, we've got the, the map of the world. You can see the, the pass. Uh, the route there of the satellite uh, over here in the middle. This is kind of neat. This is a polar view. Uh, your position is actually in the center right here. And, of course, that's east and over to the left is west and north and so forth. And this tells you where the satellite, where this particular satellite is going to come in. And right now I'm selected over here. I'm Over here I'm selected uh, satellite AO7. So that's bringing the path up. It's, bringing, it's going to tell me here. Um, where it's going to be. It's going to come in here almost uh, just a little north of east, and it's going to go out up here at north. And it's a pretty low pass. You can see uh, it's it's fairly low to the horizon. Shows you right here the max elevation. So the max elevation of uh, AO7 is going to be only 7.16 degrees, so it's going to be pretty low, actually. The next little box over... Um, the next little box over is this this guy here, uh, and uh, let's see. Let me hit refresh. Not sure why I had to hit refresh, but we're gonna try it. And I'm not seeing it here. It may be because this it should give me this should give me the uh, there, it there it is right there there it is right. There. Okay, it was just at the end down here. So this is going to give me an indication of uh, that green means it's going to come up, 
above the horizon, somewhere about 70 or 60-something degrees. And it's going to go out at about 10 degrees. And uh, if you look, it's not ever going to hit the, the, even 15. I think that the max height was like 6 degrees or something. So that tells us right there kind of where it's going to come in, where it's going to go out, how high it's going to go. A little secret, I'm not sure it's in the book, but if you click on ground up here, you click on ground, it should list the um, satellites. Oh, let me hit the circle. Let me let me hit refresh there. Hit it again. There we go. All right, it's going to list the satellites in order as they're coming over. And if you look right now, satellite CS4B is going to be uh, coming in here at 1205. Going to have a maximum elevation of 28 degrees. The next satellite coming by will be uh, 4A, 25 degrees. Now. You can select any of these satellites just by double-clicking. If you double-click on it, it will actually bring the information up for that satellite. And uh, it'll, it'll, it'll show the information here. It's going to show the, uh, the uh, satellite position and uh, the azimuth, the elevation, and so forth. It's going to tell you when it's going to, we're going to get the acquisition of the satellite, when we're going to lose the satellite, and so forth. So it gives you all that information. Uh, another neat thing is when you select that satellite, uh, it's going to tell us that uh, we have selected the linear transponder. That's the single sideband transponder, and it uh, shows us the frequencies here, the up and down frequencies here. So that's, uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, let's look at, we look at next passes over here, next passes. I'm going to click on Next Passes right there. That's going to give us a list of all the different satellites that I have in my uh, checklist here, and it's going to show us uh, where they are, what time they're going to come up, and so forth. So it's real easy just to click one, and it'll take you back to that screen. So we're on CAES-4B right now. All right. Again, if you look at the middle thing right here, uh, the middle screen, you're going to see Green dot means it's gonna, that's when it's going to become uh, where we can see it. Acquisition of the satellite. It's going to come in at the, almost due west. It's going to go across our north, and it's going to go out kind of toward the east right here. And the maximum altitude or maximum elevation on that is going to be about 28 degrees. And if you look right here, that circle right there is 30 degrees. So that's, uh, that's pretty neat right there. Uh, let's see. Another secret, I don't think is in a book, but you can move this. Uh, right now, we are we are facing north in our seats. But if you're out in the field and you're facing some other direction, you can actually turn that. I'm going to put the mouse on it and click on it. And look, I can turn this. And I can kind of aim it uh, and, and set it where we might be facing. And that will help you know, you know where the satellite, you know, a good visual where the satellite will come in and, and go out and so forth.
you see the thing with. Where is everybody? Okay, I'm going to stop it here just for a second uh, and pull uh, pull Keith and, and Mike in here. Uh, what's happening here, uh, that's one of the first times we actually made a call and listened to our own voice, and we were trying to set the uh, the frequency there for the voice. So, uh, uh, Mike, I, I hope we're not just uh, slaughtering this thing. Uh, hopefully people will kind of see what a new person goes through when he sets it up. No, I think you're doing a, a great job uh, in in the presentation, and it gives people the perspective to see what it's uh, all about. I see that right there. You didn't have the rotator hooked up, but it's compatible with Yesu rotators. So your G5500, 5600, and 5400, and our SAT controller will connect directly to the controller of those rotators so you don't need any interface uh, for RS-232 uh, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, uh, and what, what you're seeing right with yeah, and what you're seeing right there is uh, I have uh, azimuth and elevation, two separate rotors, and we're trying to manually turn both the azimuth and the elevation there remotely, uh, and trying to keep up with the bird and, and do all the other things. So. So uh, I've got another video later where I just do a very quick, I show hooking the G5500 up to this and and watching it turn on the desk here. It's just neat, man. But yeah, so uh, hopefully um, we haven't said anything too bad wrong yet uh, on here. Uh, let me, let me uh, anything else you want to say real quick before I continue with the video? I don't think so, Mike. I I think you're covering everything, like from you know, from a real user's perspective, they get it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's continue. But, hey, Tom. Yeah, yeah. This this is Dave WB4NCT. Just wanted to chime in. Hey, uh, Dave. I, I'm a customer. <laughs> yeah. A very satisfied customer, and uh, just wanted to throw a, a little tidbit out there. I was a newbie here just a few, well, a couple of years ago. Had a new 9700 that I was trying to program all the memories, trying to get set PC32 and trying to get HRD, all these control programs that are out there, not to mention a rotor interface that would work with the, with mm -hmm. the G5500 and stumbled upon the, the SAT controller. And so uh, it made satellite operations a breeze is all I can say. Well, it, it really, I, and, and, and I think it, you're the one that told you've me. You've already experienced that, obviously, yourself. Yeah, I think you're the one that told me I need to contact these guys because this thing is great. And I, It is. Know, it, it made all the difference. It, I was ready it really to did. 9700 really back up. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's continue here real quick. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, let's Thank see. you. Uh, thank you, Dave. We appreciate the compliments. Uh, let's see. Here we go. There was almost nobody on that on that satellite. I'm surprised pass. nobody's on. So okay, we uh, Rick uh, got on during the pass of CAS4B and uh, call CQ there, and uh, we could hear ourselves coming back uh, fairly good uh, a couple times, but there was nobody on the satellite uh, to talk to. So that's a little strange, but. Uh, we definitely were getting in. Let's get back to uh, let's get back to our, our uh, uh, sat here. 
and see if there's something else that uh, we need to talk about. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I I don't remember where we were. Let's see. I've uh, talked about the uh, the listing over here. You can you can double click on the listing of the satellites here. It'll actually bring that satellite up, and uh, you can uh, uh, and then uh, listen to and work that satellite. One of the uh, one of the things is is there's some settings in here you need to if you're wanting to work linear transponders. Uh, I'm not sure as a d default where it comes up, but uh, it may come up in digital FT mode or something. I've got all mine set to the uh, linear transponder uh, modes here, uh, which is the sideband. If you click on the frequency here, uh, you can see um, you can set right here, uh, set that transponder as the first uh, transponder that comes up. Also, there's a way here to uh, adjust the Doppler shift uh, or, or get the transmit and receive frequencies uh, kind of uh, synchronized together. And let's uh, let's show them over there, Rick, just real quick. Uh, well, what we do over here, we just we uh, we tune ourselves in. We listen. We talk on the microphone. We listen to ourselves. We put the radio in RIT, and then we turn the RIT button until. Uh, we hear our voice uh, that sounds natural. Then we take that reading, and if you'll look real close, you'll see the reading there. Now it's a minus uh, 1.02. And uh, you take that writ reading, that RIT reading, and you can key it in the screen right here where it says RIT. You can key in the minus uh, 1.02, hit the save button, and that should uh, synchronize your transmit and your uh, receive frequencies together and take it back out of writ and uh, and then uh, hopefully uh, everything is is lined up properly uh, once you uh, change that writ that that amount of uh, adjustment you need to make right there just hit save and close and uh, it'll take you back to your screen next time you use that bird uh, your your uh, your your transmit and receive should be uh, locked in, kind of synchronized together there. Uh, All right, let's talk about just one other thing here. Uh, let's put SO50 in. Uh, I'm going to key it in here manually. Uh, SO-50. And uh, that's going to bring the SO50 satellite up. Show you a little thing here. Now, the SO50 is a, is a uh, FM bird. And there it came up. Yeah, and uh, you can see right here that it requires a 67 uh, tone uh, uh, when you transmit. Now, if that bird is that bird only stays on for like what 10 minutes, I think is that right? right? 10, Rick? Minutes. 10 minutes. And if it's off the air, somebody may not turn it back on. But you can turn it on by sending a 74. I think it's 74. So if, if you click on, if you click here and you click 74.4. And you make a transmission, and then you stop your transmission. Uh, that will turn the satellite back on for 10 more minutes. You need to go back to 67 hertz to uh, uh, to actually talk through it. Hey, one of the things that uh, I, the 9700 radio is new to me, uh, a couple things you need to understand here. Some of the other programs uh, are actually opposite of this. The uh, receive is on top, the transmit's on the bottom, but using the sat box, the receive is on the bottom and the transmit's on the top. But they tell you how to set that in, in, the, in the manual. 
and and your transmitter has to be on the top up here uh, for you to transmit with the set. Another thing I, I had problems with, uh, you have this is you know two receivers, and the first day or two I was trying to listen to satellites, and I had the receive volume turned down, so I didn't hear anything. I had the uh, transmit volume turned up, so be sure you turn the receive volume up. Also, another thing, the the RF gain back here. If the RF gain is turned down, you're probably not going to hear the satellite. So turn your RF gain up to max. Make sure your volume is turned up, and uh, that way you, at least you'll be set properly to to hear the satellites. You might have saw Rick was trying to change the uh, two rotors. Uh, there's a azimuth and an elevation rotor, and uh, that takes a lot of uh, a lot of work. Uh, as the satellite's moving, we're we're looking at the we're looking at the azimuth. The elevation here is constantly changing. Uh, we're constantly trying to move the rotor and so forth, and that becomes a hassle. So uh, we're going to be replacing those rotors with a single uh, Yezu fifty five hundred rotor. I got one here. That's what it looks like. It'll be going up on the, the mast out there a little later. That's the azimuth. There's the elevation. We're going to keep them separate. Uh, but uh, that way this program will actually move the antennas and track the, track the uh, satellites without us having to think about moving the rotors uh, manually. So one of the features here is uh, if you click over here on uh, satellite status right here, this brings up the inset page. And this is kind of a cool page, and if you, just, I think uh, on our show uh, last week, uh, we talked a little about this, but um, here, the, this is a listing of all the different uh, satellites right here, and the blue dots mean somebody actually reported that it was operating during that pass. Uh, red dot means it was not heard, and the blue dot means it was heard. So this is a very good indication that the satellite's working. For instance, on the IIS uh, ISFM right here. If you look, man, there's a blue nearly ever pass. So that means that satellite is active. So uh, this helps you to understand if a satellite is being, if it's in operational mode or not. Uh, for instance, if you try to get on CAS4 right here, uh, you're probably not talking about it because all I see is red on CAS4 right up here. And uh, that means nobody heard anybody on it. So that's the, uh, the layout. Yeah, it, it, you got the layout there of the, uh, tells you what the different colors uh, mean there. And of course, those are uh, by day and by time slot. The, uh, the numbers, if you look closely in each of the boxes, you'll see a little number. And that number right there, like number two, means two people reported that they did not hear anything. Now, if we hear something, and like we did a report earlier, let me just scroll down right here a little bit. I'll use a mouse. I'll scroll down. You can actually report yourself right there. Just put in there that uh, select your satellite uh, and, and the information of the time and your call sign. And you can actually report and get on this list up here. To help other people know if that satellite is active or not active. So we, we've talked briefly about the, the sat box, and I think it's a great box. It's pretty simple, actually. 
uh, and his support is great. Mike is great up here at CSN Technologies, and uh, he'll, he'll Zoom with you and help you set your system up if you need to. We jumped right into it real quick the other day, and there were little pieces that we didn't understand, but each time we figured it out, actually, I went back and read the manual, and it kind of told me what to do. Uh, so uh, that was kind of neat, but neat program. Uh, well, it's not even a program. It's web-based, and the set box is kind of unique. Now you can go with uh, you can go with a program like uh, set PC. Is it set PC or is it PC set? Set, set PC thirty set PC thirty-two. 32. Yeah. And uh, this is what uh, Rick is using. And what I've been using up to now, it's a, a program. Uh, I think it's freeware, or you can buy it. Through, you can buy it through Amset for about fifty bucks. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I'm using the 9700. It's a hundred watt radio. I've got two antennas outside. I've got a, a 14 element Yagi and a 11 element uh, UHF Yagi out here. We're replacing those. So this can get kind of expensive. Particularly if you, you know, uh, if you go big time. And uh, uh, but I'm going to talk a little about the differences here. So you know, if you've got a uh, if you got a uh, UHF VHF uh, transceiver, it's best to have one that is uh, full duplex so you can hear yourself come back. Uh, the 9700 is going pretty high now. I think it's like about seventeen hundred dollars. Really expensive. You don't have to have that to work it. Um, you do need a computer, you know, to run your SAT PC32. Uh, you don't have, you know, uh, you can get by without rotors. You can actually put a vertical up out there and probably work some satellites, particularly if they're low. And a vertical antenna would work them from about any direction. Um, but we're trying to optimize things by aiming the antenna uh, at them. So. Let's show you the easy way to get in. And as Clint mentioned last week, uh, some of the satellites are very easy to work, like some of the FM satellites. And you can do that with just a little duplex handy talkie. And uh, so if you got a handy talkie, you can work the ISS, yeah, the ISS, or you can work uh, uh, some of the FM birds. And uh, you can actually work them with a rubber ducky. It's uh, not great doing that, but you can build you. You can build you a Yagi antenna, 440 and two meter Yagi antenna, and this is uh, the Harbor Freight Special, the three element, uh, two meter antenna, built out of a tape measure, and then you can see right here we've got the 440 antenna. Six elements. This is a piece of PVC pipe right here, painted, painted silver, and these are actually uh, aluminum welding rods. So uh, that's uh, that's what we have in there, and you would just you just attach you just attach this to your to your radio, and you would actually aim this at the satellite. Now the the sat box will tell you, you know, it's at this direction and it's up at this altitude, it's up th this elevation. So you know, the set box will tell you where it is. Uh, another trick is the polarization makes a big difference, and it's always changing. So if you're listening to, say, the IIS, ISS, I keep saying IIS, the ISS, you can actually rotate your antenna this way, 
and it'll make a big difference in signal. You can clear it up or make it noisy, but uh, well, there you go. You can build this for about three bucks less. Get your handy talking, and you can be on uh, you can be on satellite. You know, one of, the, one of the things that would help you a lot is if you just get a headset. This is an uh, inexpensive Heil headset that uh, has a mic on it, and you can plug it into your radios, and uh, you actually be able to hear yourself. And uh, the secret on working satellites is you need to hear yourself or you're not getting in a repeater. So, right, well, the repeater on the satellite, it's not a repeater, but uh, if you hear yourself, you know you're getting in a satellite. And uh, that will help you greatly. So this makes it uh, makes it pretty simple. All right. All right. Well, we have. Uh, oh. Okay. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, you know, one thing I said was uh, when you're working satellites, you need to be able to hear yourself to know if you're getting into the satellite. That's not totally true. If your if your receiver is just off or your antennas you know laying on the ground or something, I mean, you may be hitting that you may be hitting that satellite, and if you get on there and keep yelling CQ or something, you may be actually going out of a satellite and not actually hearing yourself. So you got to be a little careful with that. A lot of new people might get on and not hear themselves, and uh, uh, next thing they know, they may get an email from a bunch of satellite enthusiasts saying, "Hey, you know, we were trying to use a satellite and you were." Clobbering all of us with your testing, so be careful there. Um, let's see what else. Uh, and you don't see Q on an FM bird like any more than you would your local repeater. Yeah. I mean, band birds a whole different game. Yeah, CQ probably is not the thing to do there. Uh, you know, the sideband birds you can probably call CQs. You know, some short, short CQs and things like that. You have to there, so you find it. Yeah. But you know the thing about it is the satellite context. If you, we tried to record one during this process, and you, uh, you probably, well, we didn't make any contacts. Uh, but uh, you probably noticed that they're very short. Call, a person call letters to call letters, uh, announce a grid square, thank you, and that's the end of the contact pretty much. Now, on the side being contacts. Uh, on the linear birds, people actually get in there and start making conversations and talk because you're not tying up the channel to speak. Uh, you, uh, there's a lot of different frequencies on the linear birds where you can actually have decent uh, conversations. But on the FM birds, it's going to be my call, your call, grid square, thank you very much. And then you're going to hear you know, 50 other people do the very same thing. All right, so hey. I know if you have any questions about SAT, uh, Mike there at CSN Technologies will be able to help you out there. Also, um, if you're interested in the rotor, the G55 rotor, uh, I got mine from uh, Gigaparts. So contact Gigaparts and uh, check with them about that rotor if you're wanting to upgrade to a, a satellite rotor. Uh, they've got it, and man, you'll have it the next day. And uh, good fast service uh, with with uh, gigaparts. All right. So, if you have any questions, put them in the chat room, or send them to us the email, or even send them to Mike there. I think. The All right. All right. So, uh, well, Tom, I just have a couple long. of uh, 
I just have a couple of key things to add in, if that's sure. okay with you. Yeah, yeah, that's what we want to talk about. Perfect. So that was a great presentation, and, and we do really uh, appreciate that. Uh, basically, the SAT controller was designed uh, to be easy to use. You don't need a computer. What you can do is you can use it out in the field, and you can access it from your cell phone or from your iPad or from any mobile device. If you have a computer and no internet, you can connect to the Wi-Fi access point and you can run the station just as if it was on your home network. So that's one of the key features for using uh, the SAT out in the field. Uh, the other thing that we made is very easy TLE updating. Uh, some of the other programs you need to uh, edit the files and load them into subfolders in different places uh, we tried to make it easy also. So we have a, a one-button TLE update where you click that button, it updates the TLEs, it downloads them into the SAC controller. Every once in a while, you may need to update your frequency database, and we made that a one-button uh, click also. So we tried to keep the device as simple as possible for our basic users, um, and then the advanced users uh, will have no problems with it. Uh, we also try and provide the best customer support as possible. Uh, like Tom said, we will do a Zoom call with you. Uh, we usually email you back uh, uh, within a few hours uh, if you have a question or, uh, or a problem. Uh, also, updating the firmware when new firmware comes out is just a simple click of a button and it downloads the firmware and, and updates the, uh, the SAT tracker. So, Tom, back over to you, uh, and, and thank you for giving us the opportunity again. Yeah, you know, there's a couple questions uh, being discussed in the chat room there. Uh, you've already mentioned portable operation, no Internet's needed. Uh, you know, that, that's great. You don't even have to have a computer with you. Just take your phone with you, and that's it, right? Absolutely, and we have, we have a few people uh, uh, on our Facebook page that have a, an inverter in, in a battery box. And they go out there, uh, set up in a park with the G5500, the 9700, and, uh, and off they go. And, and they make uh, a, lot of, a lot of contacts. We have a few people that have the antennas set up in their back of their pickup truck. And they go out and do roads to uh, lots of di different um, locations. So a lot of people use it in different ways. We have people that are using it uh, remotely. We have people that are using it in front of their... Uh, station. We even have a few people that bought two of them because they have their rotator controller in one location and the radio in another location, and, and they can kind of uh, you know have to open up two web browsers, but the, but they can load it in and and, and work the satellites. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys are in a chat room or not. Are are you logged in our chat room? No, no, we're not. Okay, okay. A couple, a uh, couple people uh, were saying they got to get one of these. So you know, I think they're liking it out here. Uh, hey, um, I've got a question for you. You know, in setting that uh, the frequency to try to to match up your transmit and receive frequency there, um, the uh, you know when we go, when we go to RIT, we tune, we hear our voice, we get it tuned in where it says natural. We key that into the SAT system and we hit save. Uh, does that automatically take effect? If I go back to my radio and turn RIT off, does that automatically take 
effect or do I need to get out of that bird and back into that bird for it to be there? Do you know? So the, the RIT is set when you when you select the a transponder. So you know the moment you choose the transponder. So if you if you're switching from FT four or back to voice so basically, the radio is set up completely when you choose a transponder. Yeah. No, we'll, I, we'll let, let me let me re rephrase the question. Uh, so you uh, should never have to turn off the RIT. Um, well, no, I, I understand. R Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. You don't have to turn it off, but if you if you want to operate without it, you're trying to match up those frequencies. Your 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 transmit and receive, right? You're trying to get them together. Now, on the, yeah, how how yeah. we how we suggest that you work the linear satellites so that everybody is clear and, yeah. and there's no confusion is what we suggest you do is you uh, let's say we take RS44 so you you pick RS44 you load in the linear transponder for voice and then you pick up your microphone and you put your call sign out a, a couple of times so I would say uh, KC2SYF KC2SYF and as I'm doing that I'm turning that RIP knob. Mm -hmm until I hear myself clear. Okay, once I hear myself nice and clear, then I don't touch the RIT knob anymore, um, and I either leave the VFO where it is and work a station there, or I move the VFO to a clear spot or to a station that I want to work, and I key the microphone and I talk to them. The RIT offset will keep the frequencies at the correct setting and track it okay you do not have to save it if you want to save it mm -hmm. then you can go into the transponder line click on the frequency and put in that offset that's shown on your radio so next time that you work that uh, transponder or that satellite you do not have to readjust your rip okay or so if you do have to readjust it, it might just be slightly. Yeah, so that was my question. I, I, I go to RIT, I get that frequency difference, I put it in the SAT, I tell it to save. So now I've, now I've made that save and I've made that adjustment. I turn my RIT off. If I turn my RIT off, is it, is it on properly or do I have to go out of that satellite and come back for it to be correct? You would have to reload that transponder. Gotcha. There should be no yeah. reason to, to turn the RIT off. Right. Uh, right. Once you set it, the only reason to turn the RIT off is if you don't like that setting and you're going to readjust it. Or um, if you change to a different satellite, it's going to, yeah. if it needs it, it will turn it, off, uh, turn it on. If it doesn't need it, it will turn it off. Yeah. But there's no need to turn the 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 RIT off manually. The SAT will take care of all of that for you. Well, that's great. Um, someone asked, does the SAT uh, change the frequency of the radio? And yes, it does. It it changes the Doppler shift. It changes your frequency automatically on your radio as the satellite comes near you and goes away from you. So that's uh, that's great. Uh, one of the things that maybe you're thinking about. I mean. Hey, I'm a beginner with the SAT, but I'm already thinking improvements, you know. Um, I'm thinking about operating remotely. And that means um, I do a lot of remote base and things like that. So uh, it would be cool to call into my system here 
And I could easily interface audio in and out through Skype or something like that. But I would need a way to key the transmitter. And I'm just wondering, if, is there a way on your, on your, um, your dashboard to have a button that gives some type output that could be used, you know, like for keying a transmitter? For, for keying the 9700 or anything yeah. that, yeah, well, yeah, with CIB control, we could have a PTT button. Okay, so so that's easy, easy peasy. So do, through the uh, CIV cable, you could put a little a little push to talk button on there, and now we can work satellite remotely. Yeah, I, we definitely I, can do that. That's I just have to, I just have to bring the, uh, I just have to get the audio in there, and that, that can be done a number of ways. Okay, that right. that's cool. That's cool. Um, now, another thing, though, okay, so that, that's an interesting aspect of working remote. Uh, I know, uh, and, and, and through your dashboard, I could change different satellites. I'm trying to think. There's no easy way, though, to tune uh, the linear birds. Is, have you thought about putting some type of little slider or something on there that could change the frequency? We have, and what we found, and I think what other programs have found, too, is that you can never get it as good as a VFO knob. You can never get that fine enough control like the VFO. Uh huh. So we had one. Uh, we didn't actually release it, but uh, it, it just didn't work well. Okay. I mean, we could try to revisit it, but you just can't get that. You know the, the quality of you know that that touch. Of, yeah, of yeah. Uh, it's going to be critical for sure, and uh, right. you know, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting, though. I mean, it, it sounds like the way you guys have got this designed, it has a lot of flexibility in what you can do through that CIV connection. Absolutely, and we listen to all the suggestions. That's where a lot of this comes from, is people asking yeah. for this or that, and we, and we say, yeah, that's a good idea, and we add it. So, so tell me a little about, I, I know, I, I guess the TLEs come from a server that you guys have. Are they listed on yeah. the server? So and and, and just, just a quick question. I don't know whether to call this thing software or hardware. I, I You know, I'm a little confused here. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's both, right? So we yeah. wrote the software for the hardware, I guess. So, um, yeah, the TLEs, most people use AMSAT's NASA, uh, NASA Bear, the, I guess the go-to standard of uh, mm -hmm. TLEs. But sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, their server was down for a couple of days, so we... We made a backup and we we created our own TLE file. So right, so we've been pointing people to our URL to grab the TLEs. Just a an internet address. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we've been maintaining our own TLE from different, but with the same satellites as NASA Bear, just everyone with and the names. Okay. Um, Keith, there's a question yeah. in the uh, in the chat. Um, if you open up the chat on the side from uh, uh, Whiskey Zulu One Lima, maybe you could read it over and just answer his question. Now, uh, Mike, you're talking about our chat room, not the not the Zoom chat, in the, right? In the Zoom, in the Zoom chat room. There's oh, okay. Because our people aren't seeing yeah. the Zoom chat room, so okay. We we typically don't use that, but I mean, I sometimes people do send something uh, through there. Okay. Uh, let me do this just real quick. I got about a two-minute video. I want to pop on here. It just shows everybody out there the G5500 uh, and how the SAT's controlling it here. I wish I had some antennas on it, but I've got a little paper antenna on it. It's turning it. I'm gonna, I want to show that real quick.
uh, and then we'll come right back. We uh, bring it up. Okay. There it is, right there. Okay. Oop, wrong one. But maybe it's the right one. All right, just yeah. an update. Uh... All right, so hey guys, this is going to show you uh, the, the G fifty five hundred Yezu rotor how it interfaces flawlessly to the uh, to the SAT. So let me let me put it on. We're running. It's about a two minute video. Let me get uh, it selected here. Here we go. As you know, we've uh, been working on our uh, azimuth elevation rotors. Um, presently, out on the with the antennas, uh, we have manual rotors out there. I have a, a manual uh, azimuth rotor that we have to turn east-west, and then we've got the uh, manual uh, Yezu elevation rotor, which we go up and down with. I'm not going to be listing for satellite right now because I'm not. Uh, I'm not turning the antennas. I just want to show you we've got the the uh, automatic antenna rotors working. So right now we're using uh, SAT, and you can see here on SAT right now our azimuth is uh, uh, 300 and uh, nine elevation 12.8. Right now the rotors aimed at uh, 314. Uh, yeah, 314 and. Elevation of uh, 9.8. And what it's doing is it's moving the rotors to track the, uh, track the satellite. As the, as the satellite moves across here, the uh, azimuth elevation are changing. And that's sending the signals to our rotor here, which is automatically sending them now. It's controlling my inside rotors now. There's no antennas on them, of course. So I'm going to give you a shot here. It's, gonna, it's going to uh, turn them again here in a minute. Again, this is elevation. You can see the little antenna I drew there. This is uh, azimuth. And I aimed uh, northwest. So it should be getting ready to make a turn here in a minute. Let's see. It should turn here in a minute. So it's tracking the satellite. It's leading it just a few degrees, and uh, every time the satellite moves, uh, there we go. We'll see it made that slight movement right there. It's tracking the satellite. Uh, it's going to stay there. It went just a little bit ahead of the satellite. The satellite's going to move through that range, and as the satellite gets, I don't know, to the midpoint or a little past, uh, the rotors are going to uh, continue forward a little bit more, and it's going to the antennas are going to stay just right in front of that satellite uh, the whole path or the whole pass. So maybe we should be getting another update here in a minute. Again, you can see the azimuth and elevation there. Oh, there it goes. Missed it, so we'll uh, we'll see if we can catch the next uh, the next update. All right, so that just kind of gives you an idea of uh, using the 
the G5500 rotors with it. So it's aimed almost, uh, it's aimed uh, almost let's see. due north now. All right, I'm going to make sure these phone lines are open again. I uh, think they are not open. You are the only participant in the conference. Okay. The phone uh, phone number is at the bottom of your screen. If anybody would like to call in on the phone, uh, please, uh, please give us a call. I'll turn the music down so uh, it doesn't bother us here. Also, if anybody else uh, that's here in, in the Zoom has any questions yeah. uh, or comments, so please feel free to uh, uh, to join in. So, Bill, did you have a question a minute ago? I, I think you sent something through uh, through the Zoom. WZ1L, Bill, did you have something? Yeah, Keith answered my call. To, uh, oh, my okay. questions there, and I thank you very much for letting me. Uh, at least get a question in there okay great great all right uh guys uh you know i i am so impressed with the with this sat system it doesn't take a computer there's no ports to open there's uh you can take it out portable if you want to just log on to that uh, ip address with your with your telephone just be sure and update the TLE files before you go out on a you know a trip somewhere, and you can work satellite here. You know, if you out uh, you know if you're out uh, portable something, you may not take your azimuth elevation rotors, but at least uh, it will tell you which way to aim and at what elevation and so forth. So, uh, you know, it it will work remotely. Uh, let's see, I had some other questions here. If uh, anybody is interested in checking out our website, yeah. uh, you can go to uh, csnsat.com. That's uh, csnsat.com. And uh, there's a lot of information on there, uh, as well as our Facebook page, our eHam reviews, and our Twitter feed. Uh, we use that to keep up, uh, keep our customers posted on, on different things that are going on. Well, there's your webpage right there. And... Uh... Your sat is there on the left side. Are, are your orders primarily through your website or through any of the ham stores? Uh, DX Engineering also carries our product, uh, or you can purchase it through our website. Well, guys, the, uh, the website has got a lot of good information here. Plus, you can get the manual, you can get the user guide and everything from it, read it. it it's really easy to set up. Uh, I apologize, uh, you know, hey, uh, hey, retired engineer here, and uh, I thought I can do it without reading the manual. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we figured it out, and uh, we, uh, we we had to go to the manual a couple times, but we got it here. But, uh, Sounds like you went right to the source, Tom. Yeah, yeah, we did. You we did. over the manual. <laughs> that's right, that's right, man. So, uh, yeah, it, it is so laid out. You know, and I, when I compare this with some of the programs I've used on the computer, this has got everything. This has got everything that the other programs that I'm running on my computer over there have. And uh, it doesn't have just a lot of extra stuff that you have to dig into and wonder, you know, what, you know, what I need to do here. It's, 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 it's simple. But it covers everything. 
Hey, Tom. Yeah. I just I just made a contact. I went uh, incognito there for a moment. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, X, XW2A was going over at about a 50 degree pass, so uh, I just made a contact with. Uh, oh man, you know what I should have done? I should have uh, had mine turned on here, and I would have talked to you through it, man. You're on the show. Well, yeah, just, we had a, we had a good pass. Uh, yeah, right just then. I just you know. just didn't think about it, man. Oh wow. Well. I don't need a satellite to talk to David. I could just shout out my backyard window and he yep. can hear me. All right. Yeah, yeah Bill's, Bill's just down the road a little ways. All right. Well, uh, again, I'm really impressed with it. Uh, it. It does everything I want it to do. And uh, it's so simple. I, what else can I say, man? You guys, uh, Mike and Keith, you guys have put a lot of work into it, I know, and uh, I think you've got a fine product here. What was that? I think Mike dropped off. Oh, uh, did he? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, he maybe did. Uh, there's Ronnie, DW1VVZ. You're in the Philippines, is that right, Ronnie? Yep, it's about 11 in the morning here, 11.30. Okay, all right. And, uh, okay, you're on Zoom. And, uh, okay, very good. Hey, hi, Tom. Hi, everyone. This is Ronnie from the Philippines. That's my amateur call sign. First, my apologies for my camera. I'm having trouble getting it to work. And I'm afraid if I reset my computer, I might lose the signal. Well, anyways, speaking of the side controller from CS and Tech. I can now say that this is an amazing gadget, which I purchased, I guess, two years ago. I got the first, the white uh, version, uh, the early version. It's a good value for money, if you ask me. It works great with my iCom 9700 and the ICO G500 rotator, paired with the Homebrew Cross Yagi 28 elements and Cross Yagi 70 centimeter 21 elements antenna. I received it uh, after I purchased it uh, just two weeks. Mind you, this guy shipped it that fast. I yeah. have it set up in no time, an hour of connecting wires to the rotator and hooking up with my home Wi-Fi. It's just a breeze, I can tell you. I had my first contact after an hour from the Japan station. I tell you, I'm blown away how easy it is to have it working right away. But the most important thing that uh, I, this, uh, I have experienced with this one, the after-sales support by Michael and Kate, I have brought a lot of gadgets, but believe me, nothing compares with the customer support these guys are giving us customers. Keep it up, Michael and Kate. Well, thank you, Tom. Back to you. Yeah, well, hey, uh, hey, thanks for ca calling in from the Philippines and letting us know. Now, let me let me ask you a question. I think you said you uh, you have one of the original white uh, SAT. Is that is that what I heard correct? Yes, I got one that is without a GPS uh, model. Right. Okay. So it's so that the 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 latest one with the GPS uh, capabilities. Now, do you have do you have the late one yet or not? Not yet. Not yet. Because I'm having okay. with, uh, trouble with my resources at the moment, so yeah. I'm just uh, saving for it. So you you have one of the original models in the white uh, casing without the GPS, and how how's it work for you? Does it, it work good? 
Yes, well, after having it uh, updated with the latest uh, ELEs uh, and everything, it's quite good and it's working It's working good. I'm satisfied that uh, it's working good, very good. Well, great. Uh, glad glad to hear that. And thank you so much for calling in. Uh, stay, on, uh, stay on Zoom with us if you want to, and uh, maybe something else will come up to discuss in a few minutes, okay? Yes, I will. I will. Thank you. All thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ronnie. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Jo ninety seven's coming over right now. Oh man, <laughs> I have to. Uh, I I would need a little time to kind of get some stuff yeah, together here. I, you know, I, I mean, I well, hear, I, you know what? I you know what? You know what? Well, so we'll do uh, it again. Tom, let we'll, me give you a little. Yeah. Uh, let me give you a little background on on how the how the uh, sat was uh, was born yeah because um, maybe a few people would be interested in that uh, so our friend Frank uh, wa2 NDV who couldn't be here today um, uh, Keith and I were at our ham radio club field day and they had a sat uh, satellite set up there and they had the computer with the interface uh, the Azel rotator and all of the other uh, equipment there and uh, they didn't have an operator. So Keith, I, and Frank sat down there and tried to figure it out. Uh, they were running uh, a software-based program, and it was a little confusing for us to figure it out. We finally made one or two contacts, and then uh, uh, we kind of gave up. Uh, so Frank got interested in satellite, and he set up uh, a, a channel master rotator uh, with the radio, and he started... Um, working some contacts he had his uh ele his antenna fixed at like a 20 degree elevation mm -hmm. and now we started to realize that you need four or five hands uh to work a satellite contact by the time that you're turning the the radio to adjust the doppler uh he actually was using uh oh mike i don't know if you can hear me but uh you just froze when you said he actually so we'll let Mike uh, connect back in here in a minute. Uh, well, maybe maybe uh, uh, maybe Keith can pick up right here. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can kind of pick yeah. up. I, I don't remember. I don't catch right where he left off. I don't, so yeah, Frank was. Uh, there was a lot to do, right? He was a very busy person, Frank. Yeah. To uh, with his, you know, with uh, controlling the antennas, he had two radios going. Um, and, and and controlling this channel master, which he had at a, a, a single channel master rotator right. with a fixed elevation. Right. So he asked me if I could if I could do something to control that channel master. Yeah. So I, I took up the challenge and I said, uh, yeah, let, let's see what we can do. And I created a uh, a very early version, which I have one. Um, with uh, infrared. Know, the infrared LEDs to control that channel man. Uh-huh. So and and it worked pretty well for him. So he got another channel man. So we so had an added so we had an add another LED. Okay, so that was a channel master. I think I'm familiar with that. That was a channel master that had a little remote control. A little right. uh, 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 LED remote control. So right. yeah, that's kinda cool the way you interface to it. Yeah. Right. It was it was a mess. Um and then but the channel master has no feedback, so that it, it, it worked, but it didn't work for 
very long where Frank got yeah. frustrated and finally broke down and got a Yesu rotator. Yeah. And he was getting more into it. So, you know, so then I had to adapt and, and, you know, I was basically writing it for him and he was getting much better and he was getting very experienced. Yeah. We were, we were just, you know, improving it and improving it. And Mike? Is Mike back? Are you there, Mike? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I have to apologize. That's okay. I'm not home. Uh, I'm in New Jersey tonight, and uh, I was using a jetpack, and it keeps shutting off for some reason. So oh, I really apologize. Right. But uh, so anyway, uh, I know Keith picked up with the story. Yeah. So we started. We created this box um, for Frank, <clears> and then um, uh, it was doing the rotator control. And the next thing you know, we were doing the the rig uh, or radio control. And next thing you know, Frank said, "You know what? I think you have a good product here." And uh, maybe we should put it to market. So we made about 10 of them, and they were in a white box with mm -hmm. no markings or anything. It was very, very uh, primitive, and they sold um, pretty much right away. So then we got a little better with our packaging. We improved the software. Um, we, we ran into a couple of little situations that we had to learn. Um, Different Wi-Fi networks act differently. So we added provisions in, in for that. Um, different people had different ideas and gave us a lot of great suggestions. And we've implemented that. And everyone from the first one uh, that we sold on, until the one right now can all operate the exact same way. They can use the same software. Um, we uh, had the GPS change. Uh, some of the older ones, you cannot adjust the brightness on the screen. Mm -hmm. But we've come a long way mm -hmm. in, in the two years that the company has, has been around. And um, if you do read our uh, eHAM reviews, everybody that has it loves the product. And everybody always comments on our, on our tech support. Uh, because it, it doesn't matter if you're having an issue calibrating your rotator, getting your sat tracker on your home network, or if you can't figure anything out, we will help you because a satisfied customer is the most important thing to us because you will tell your friend about the product and it will uh, help us uh, sell uh, more of them. Uh, and from my own perspective, if I buy something and I'm having trouble with it and I email the company, I don't really want to hear back from you a week later. I'm having trouble now. Hopefully, um, every email that we get, we answer. Every once in a while, we might miss one and, and catch up in a day or two. But for the most part, um, if you send us an email, uh, we will answer you. All right. Well, hey, you guys have got me uh, hooked on it. I love it, man. I love it. Did I say I love it? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got RS44 right over our heads. Oh, too. man, you're making me want to get over there and try to work <laughs> you here. But, you know, it, 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 it'll, it'll mess the show up. I mean, it's something, you know. Uh, I know. Uh, it, we'll, we'll try later. You know, I'd, lo I'd love to have it kind of coordinated and kind of, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen when I go over there, you know. Heck. Oh, man. Tom, maybe in the yeah. next couple of months, uh, we're going to add that we'll come to your house and just work the satellites for you as a tech support. Yeah, well, that would be uh, that would be great to to do. Uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, I don't know if you guys do FT. I don't. I, I I 
I tried FT9 once, and it was kind of fun. But like I said, you know, I'm I'm an old timer geezer, 60 year ham. But you know, it's kind of like let's make a satellite work like FT FT8. You know, where it just make contacts for you. You can go to Walmart or somewhere and come home. And it'll work. You know, while you're gone, it'll work and log. You know, like a hundred contacts, and you could you could work all. You know, work a hundred countries here while you're at Walmart. You know. <laughs> I'm not sure FT8 would do that yet, but I hear some people talking about trying to get it to do that, where it'll it'll make contacts without them, you know. Well, oh man, I think that's cheating. David, yeah, do you yeah. have that, David, do you have the mock-up of? Do you have the, the satellite you're going to launch? I, I just happen to have it here. Yeah, we're we're getting ready to do a little presentation tomorrow. Well, let's look at it. You got it? Can you want to see, see it? it? This this is. Uh, let me unplug the battery charger here. This is a this is a mock-up of a of a one unit CubeSat. Uh, I'm working with Dr. Wayne McCain, uh, WS0S. He may be watching tonight. I don't know. Maybe he'll shoot me a text if he is. But he's uh, one of my old professors. When I went back to school as a as an adult, I met Dr. McCain, and so he's a ham and uh, got a school station up there. But we're working on this little CubeSat project. Actually, got some backing now to uh, maybe get a launch at the end of the year. So. Uh, uh, Bill, time we need some help. <laughs> All right. Now, now, why why is it that size? Is it, it are you restricted to that size so they can shoot it out the little gun there on a space station or something? No, or? actually, actually, this is the uh, CubeSat simulator that AMSAT puts out. Uh huh. This this is a demo that we use for uh, STEM classes. Okay. And that sort of thing around with the local schools. We've done elementary school all the way up to college age kids. Yeah. And uh, this is the uh, this is this is a product of AMSAT. They they sell the board kits, and then you have to go populate the boards and print out three D print the frame and everything. But the one that we're actually building is a three unit. So I don't have it with me. This is the one unit uh, AMSAT model. But all the right. One well, we're building is going to be. Th- well, I, I need to talk to you about that. Now, Mike and Keith may not know what another project we're doing. Uh, Mike and Keith, are, are you aware we're flying some balloons around the world? Are you? Oh, I, I heard you talk about it in yeah. one of your uh, we've got, presentations. You know, we've got uh, a number of, uh, we, well, we've got three balloons in the air now. Uh, one has been up 222 days. It's been around the world, I don't know how many times. And uh, we use Whisper, and we, we get a report every 10 minutes where it is. So, here, here's hey, here's what I'm thinking. That satellite you're holding in your hand there, I'll just get a little bit bigger balloon, and we'll we'll tie that on it. I'll put, well, that, I'll put that thing in the air for you for about a hundred, hundred, two hundred days. You know. There you go. There you go. Well, the uh, the package inside here is is just uh, is is a little bit smaller. You can see the three. I don't know if you can see it. In, there's yeah. three boards, three circuit boards. Oh, there's yeah. a main board, yeah. the yeah. batteries. Lithium ion batteries, and then the uh, payload board, yeah. which has some sensors and everything on it. So the board set's fairly small. One one of your bigger balloons or two of them would lift it, Tom. I'm well, sure. You know, hey, while we're talking about, let me just show in case. Uh, usually we give an update every week. Let me put it on here real quick, guys. This is on our website W5KUB. If you go to our balloon uh, button, uh, you can see here that. Um, Okay, we launched, uh, we had the two balloons launched down in Antarctica uh, a couple months ago, uh, 69 days and 63 days ago. Now, the 69-day balloon, it appears to me it has gone down and it has lost, so I think we lost that balloon after about 65 days. 
The other one from Antarctica, 63 days, it's still flying. Uh, let's scroll down to... Um, and uh, three others yeah. are flying uh, that uh, the University of Alabama, Huntsville, uh, so, Todd McKinney, who talked last week, KN4TBG. There's still three of the uh, payloads they launched. Uh, there's uh, two 20-meter whispers that are still in the air. And then there's a one 10 meter whisper that has actually been getting some fantastic reports on the other side of the world with uh, running just 10 milliwatts on yep. 10 meters. It's just phenomenal. They get a lot of reports from the Northern Hemisphere and some of them are anti antipodal. So, so Bill, so how, many, really how, how many of them have we actually lost since the launch? Maybe two of them? Well, you lost W5KUB. 114 went down yep. on the 17th. Yep. And uh, K4UIH-1 went down about the same time. Um, actually, you were approaching the tropics. It was launching in Antarctica, yeah. but you were up around Pitcairn Island. Yeah. And it, uh, it went down in a storm system there. Well, we've got uh, two others. We've got two others here for the update for everybody out there. Um, W5KB112 has been up now 227 days. And, Bill, I have no idea how many times it's gone around I because I it, the crazy path it took through the Arctic a couple times. I have no idea, man. So, And uh, I want to yeah. also mention that K4UAH-3 was the very first balloon launch from Antarctica in November. From the German Neumeyer station, Delta Papa Zero Golf Victor Nancy is their local club station. They're the only APRS eye gate in all of Antarctica. Uh, they actually set up a two meter eye gate just for uh, Todd's launch. And uh, that balloon, it was getting great reception during the very first day, came back alive uh, two months later as it flew back over the Neumeyer station and hit the only APRS receive station in Antarctica. <laughs> so we hope that it'll eventually, it's still flying, we hope that it'll eventually cross uh, uh, Australia and Chile and Argentina and South Africa and New Zealand, like uh, yours balloons have been doing and yeah. our balloons with the U university. So let me... Um, in fact, uh, one of ours just crossed Australia today, so. I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, uh, a lot of people probably don't even know what these things look like. Bill, and they're very small. This says 110, but that was actually 112. Uh, it's mislabeled. I'm going to play this and let you guys see the launch of 112 that has now been up uh, 227 days and been around the world I don't know how many times. So I'm going to let you see this launch here. All right, we've got there's the, uh, there's the tracker. 12 here. Try to get it. Wind's starting to pick up, but there it is, right there. Yeah. Just uh, let it go. Time. That is it, right there. It's been up uh, two hundred twenty, two hundred twenty something days. And I gotta get that music off there. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been real happy about it. We haven't launched anything lately just because of the fact that uh, they're not coming down. And uh, Now, we uh, yeah. we launched a balloon from uh, the uh, 
David's Club in uh, Athens, Alabama. We uh, launched a Pequa balloon from their field day site last year, and um, we might uh, think about doing that again. Uh, and by the way, David, uh, we're holding the Great Plains Super Launch, which is the uh, annual uh, meeting for all the balloon groups in the country and the world to come join us here in Huntsville, Alabama, is going to be the location this year at the University of Alabama, Huntsville, and the Severe Weather Institute, co-sponsored by the Space Hardware Club here at the University of Alabama, Huntsville. So uh, uh, that's going to be June uh, 16th and 17th. Um, so Friday the 16th of June will be the uh, conference at UAH campus. And we have a classroom um, arranged for that. And then the launches will be at the Severe Weather Institute Swirl Building at uh, Saturday morning, uh, June 17th. So um, come on over, Tom, and bring some Pico balloons. Well, I might. Uh, indoor yeah. high bay to inflate Pico balloons. And uh, latex balloons will be flown outside, about upwards of 10 of them. And then we're going to all chase down and recover them so it's be a lot of fun and uh, i would love to have you come over and talk about uh, your flights as well uh, i'll give you uh, some time to talk uh, during the conference oh well, i kind of thought about maybe getting over that way might, i might get down here i don't know we'll see now what's the date on it again june uh the conference is on june 16th okay we'll also have a zoom link so people yeah. can join the conference via zoom they can't uh, make the trip to Huntsville, Alabama. And it's called the Great Plains Super Launch, and the website is superlaunch.org. All right. All right. Well, very good. It's hey, Dave. From uh, the 17th. Yes. Dave, I had a question for you. Um, were you guys saw, uh, did you use the SAT for the um, Huntsville field day? Uh, not this past year, the year okay. before last. Yes. Okay. I have All right. some pictures of that too. I think you sent me an email, Michael, and I didn't. I didn't get back with you on that. But, you sure uh, did, and I just looked because uh, I was wondering. I know you guys came in number one, so congratulations on that. And I was just wondering if you did use the SAT this year. No, we we didn't. Uh, I didn't get out this year with it, but uh, I had it on a trailer the year before. And I uh, do remember that. Okay. Carried it up there. Yeah. Very good. And once again, Michael, your website is csntechnologies.net. You can, you can go to csntechnologies.net, or to make it easier, you can go to csnsat.com. Oh. Um, our The main site is there. We used to make uh, uh, an APRS iGate. Uh, that was our first product uh, that we made. Right now, it's discontinued. We're thinking of, of reinventing uh, it. But it was also a, a very simple, easy um, product to set up. Uh, kind I have, of plug I have one of those, the oh. iGate Mini. I have one. Okay, very good. Oh, I was trying to get it on here. Okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, guys, uh, let me make just a quick announcement on here. The we need to probably think about closing the show down here in a few minutes, or actually, we can stay and talk a little longer. It's just that uh, <clears throat> I've got a two-hour slot that uh, I want to uh, complete uh, for our shortwave segment. So, Hey, if you're listening out there on Shortwave on WBCQ, Shortwave on 7490, this show has been about ham radio. 
satellite operation, ham radio operators do a lot of different things. And we talk through satellites. And uh, tune in again next Thursday. You're listening on Shortwave. And uh, our show is every Thursday, 7490 at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, I believe. Yeah, 5, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. So tune in and uh, check us out. Uh, you can join our show live at the video show on Tuesdays if you just go to w5kub.com and click on the little green, the little yellow button at the top that says chat and live video, and you'll uh, you'll join the show in our 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 uh, chat room. Hey, thanks everybody out there. Uh, if you're listening out there uh, again, if you're watching. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Join our Facebook group of uh, 13,000 great hams. The Facebook group is called W5KUB, and we'd uh, love to have you there. Uh, and that's about it. We'll just say good night to everybody. Uh, we're four or five minutes early on shortwave, but uh, at least we were able to say good night to everybody. And again, that is through WBCQ. Let me throw a picture up here for our viewers. That's probably what it looks like up at WBCQ most, most all the time, I'm guessing, man. I don't know how they keep that thing on the air uh, uh, with uh, with the weather they get up here, but uh, uh, they they do uh, they do. All right, all right. Well, Mike, hey, we're back, man. And is there anything else we need to talk about on? Let's see, what's the way? Make sure nobody else way? has any other questions uh, before we wrap it up. And and again, we'd like to thank you. Uh, and if anybody has any questions, uh. On our webpage, right at the top there, there's a contact us link. Uh, send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. And uh, we'll be more than happy to provide you with whatever information you are requesting. Yeah, and uh, there's a question in the chat room. What does this thing weigh? I mean, it's pretty light. Yeah, it's it's uh, when I when I ship it, uh, and, and when you if you purchase it, it comes with all the necessary cables, uh, it comes with the CIV cable. It comes with the uh, USB power cable. It comes with the uh, the rotator controller cable uh, plus the unit uh, in the box. Everything weighs about a pound. So yeah. the unit itself uh, is probably uh, the heaviest thing uh, in the box, but it's it's less than a pound. So it's it to uh, carry around. The only thing that we don't supply is a power supply, which we recommend that you get good um, um, uh, L USB power supply. Yeah. All right. If you can stick around, I had a couple of uh, yeah. questions about the iGate Mini. All right. But I'll let Tom. Yeah, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll just, uh, okay. Hey. We didn't have time tonight for the show after the show. No, after the show show. We didn't have time for that tonight. But uh, still, we had fun. All right. Let's just uh, talk about whatever you want to. And I'll, I'm going to leave the uh, webcast on for another two minutes. How's that? I was just curious. Uh, uh, you say the iGate Mini, you no longer uh, sell that, right? That is correct. Do you have plans to uh, come up come out with another one in the future? We have been doing. I'll let Keith uh, explain it, but we have been doing some exploring. Uh, what what wound up happening is the cost of the uh, orange pie that's inside there uh, went up substantially, and it just for us to sell it 
we wouldn't we felt that we couldn't sell it at a, at a reasonable price and, and the whole idea behind that was a reasonable price and, and very easy to set up so um it's we have really been easy to set up i i uh i think it's just fantastic uh, I, you know use a, a web website uh link to, to program it um that's really cool Right. And, and how that product came about was I bought several different uh, eye gates because we were doing a, a special event marathon and I was putting APRS out on my lead and SAG vehicles. And I bought about five or six different uh, eye gates that were advertised out in the field. Some that had to connect to my own radio. Uh, most of them had to connect to my own radio. And after struggling with three of them because of rs-232 ports and and needing to to find uh some weird way to program the thing and I, i'm definitely not uh, uh an old school uh computer guy where I, I knew how to do that i was frustrated i emailed the company never heard back from them i finally gave up and we spoke with keith and said we need to come up with something simpler and that's how that product came about so I'll let Keith tell you about what we've been working on. We don't really have a time frame on it, but uh, um, we are doing some research and development. Yeah, so we're working on on two different two different approaches right now. We, we like the eye gate idea. The, you know, the idea of the eye gate was just to be a thing you put in your windowsill and you provide coverage and, and never look at it again. And I hope that's how it's. And, and and we want to do that again, but in order to do that, it has to be cheap, right? It's something you're never going to look at again. You don't spend dollars. So we're looking at a very cheap eye gate that does exactly what yours is doing now, but cheaper. You know, and and things that we've learned over the past couple of years. And we're also looking at another approach where it's going to be a box, you know, similar in size to the eye gate, but it's going to have a number of SDRs inside of it, where you'll be able to say. Uh, like on SDR1, I want to do APRS. On SDR2, I want to do uh, AIS, listen to both. And on you know, SDR3, I'm going to do ADSB and pick up the plane and send all that stuff to the Internet. You'll be a general purpose you know, receiver. And, and we'll have other options there, too. You want to do the FM radio, do it with your SDR, you know, things like that. So there's two things that we're approaches. What kind of uh, receiver do you have that you have in the iGate Mini? So the iGate, so it's probably going to be that they make a chip. It's called the uh, SA818. It's like a, it's a VHF radio, like on a chip, um, and it's you know controlled with a serial port and. So we'll have proper filtering in it this time. Uh, we didn't have a filter in the eye gate. Some people needed to add one to get a better reception. Yeah, I noticed that uh, next to my computer, it doesn't receive as well as it should. I would right, think right. when I take it out in the field. So. Yeah, so you know they, they make kind of inexpensive computer filters. Well, with it, I don't know something about Texas too. Everyone in Texas. Figured that out. Um, my my computer in my shack just produces all kinds of harmonics, so that right. happens when I have it in the shack. But I use it in the field when I'm doing balloon launches, and I hook it up to my 
MiFi unit hotspot oh, okay. like uh, I think Michael's using right now. To, to he's got one of those jet packs, so I, I take a jet pack out and I get many, and then I've got an eye gate out there in the field when I do a balloon launch. So. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, we have that in the works. That's been keeping us busy. You know, now that we have a distributor. You know, we, we, we come out with regular firmware updates for it as we you know, add new ideas to it. It, it. It's next on the list, the APRS thing. Hey, we've got uh, Ronnie in here now with a camera. Hey, Ronnie, let us see you. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Where's Ronnie? Is him good to There he is. Oh man, what do you got behind you there? Look at all that stuff. I've got 2097 and the uh, 5500 and what you see there is the, what I told you before, the original white series, the early version of the uh, SAT. Yeah, I see, see it. Yeah. That's what I've been using. That's the original white box. Yep. Rare. <laughs> That'll be a collector's items. Right. Collector's items someday. The rare albino set, right? <laughs> It'll be just like an Apple One. <clears throat> yeah. All right, guys. I've had a long day today, so yep. I'm going to say 73. Uh, Tom, thank you very much. Again, if you have any questions, let me know. Any of the viewers, uh, thanks for having us. And uh, if anybody has any questions, please please let us know.